Happy Saturday, May 23rd, 2020. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and welcome to the One America podcast. This is Memorial Day weekend, and it is a sacred weekend here in the United States of America. And to those listening abroad, God bless you. I hope you're well. I hope that all of your various countries and nations are recovering from the COVID crisis as we're trying to do here at home. And we're thinking about you and praying for you as we hope you are for us. A couple things about Memorial Day. It will be different this year. Uh, probably by Monday, America will pass another grim milestone of 100,000 dead citizens from the COVID-19 virus. I know for me and my house, we're going to put flags up in the yard. My goal is to have 100 small flags in the front yard to symbolize every 1,000 for per 100 to get to that 100,000 number, to just remember the moms, the dads, the nurses, the doctors, the grandparents, the sons, the daughters, the aunts, the uncles. We lost an aunt. We lost some friends, and I know many of you have too. And we want to remember them. We want to honor them as we honor our fallen soldiers. Uh, Arlington National Cemetery is one of my favorite places to go and walk. When I worked on the Hill years ago, I would go out at least once a month and just walk, uh, go to the Kennedy gravesite, go to the various uh, grave sites, and just walk among the tombstones and the flags. And it's it's a uh, amazingly beautiful, peaceful place that every American should experience. If you can't get there in person, go on, check out the video. Uh, the 3rd Infantry Division is there, the Old Guard. They are the men and women who take care of the Tomb of the Unknown, and they'll put up all the beautiful flags that you'll see this weekend. And so I, I want to ask you, all of us who live here in America, to put your flags out this weekend to uh, honor the fallen, from all of our wars and conflicts and, and honor those who've lost their lives in this crisis. They mattered. We all matter. And uh, I want to get into today two topics that were big in the news this week. Uh, both of them happened on Thursday and Friday. And you know, on this podcast, my goal is always on Saturday thoughts to recap the week that's passed and to give you the news and discuss some hot topics. Two topics today I want to discuss uh, and before I get to that, let me give a shout out to the class of 2020. Uh, we did a podcast uh, on last Saturday. Uh, I did a, a commencement address for the high school seniors. We have a high school senior in our family. We love you, Michaela. I'm proud of you. And Michaela is going to go on to serve her country. Uh, and we're uh, just humbled by that and proud of her. So uh, thinking of all the class of 2020, and, and I did a commencement address. So if you have a high school senior and you're looking for some content to share with them, please give it a listen. I think you'll be pleased. And I tried to give them a number of life nuggets that I know, having now lived into my 50s, uh, work. And I wish somebody had told me at 18 or uh, 17 um, some of these things because they would have made a difference. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do that. And um, my heart goes out to them. I know this has been a tough time for them. No prom. Uh, no commencement ceremonies. Their last semester of their senior year wrecked. And uh, I can't imagine. And my heart goes out. So we all love you, class of 2020. You're going to do extraordinary things. You know, I think that God has birthed you unto purpose. You were all born in the wake of 9-11 and you graduate in the wake of the COVID crisis. That's something. Those are two bookends that are pretty extreme and pretty rare uh, to happen in the course of human history. And I know that God's going to use it for your good. Romans 8, 28. He's going to work it together for your good. Believe that. Trust that. You are destiny's children. 
So we're proud of you and we are looking forward to what you do and what you bring to the world and how you help us to heal the world. I hope that you listen to President Obama's commencement address to your class. It was phenomenal. And, and there have been many, Oprah, Michelle Obama, First Lady Melania Trump gave a message the other day. I hope you listen to that as well. And just listen to all the wisdom that they're sharing because all of us have now lived long enough to be able to tell you something we hope. So don't forget that. But back to the two topics I want to talk about. Two things happened on Friday, Thursday and Friday. One, the President of the United States said that he was going to mandate that the churches reopen and make them essential. And I want to get into that because that's a constitutional issue. And I want to talk about that. The second thing is uh, Vice President Biden uh, got himself in some trouble on The Breakfast Club, which is a popular uh, radio show in New York, based out of New York. It's nationally syndicated. And he was talking to Charlemagne the God. Uh, yes, that's really his name. And uh, they were having a conversation about the black vote and the black community and whether or not Biden was going to pick a black woman for his VP. And uh, Charlemagne said to him, you know, well, what about, you know, Trump and is that an option and, and the community should vote their interests and, and Biden quit back to him. Look, if you have to talking to black people, if you have to decide between me and Trump, you ain't black. And that caused a lot of controversy. The, the, the comment went viral. I wrote an article about it in the Daily Beast. If you want to read my weekly columns in the Daily Beast, you should be subscribed. It's a dollar. Um, and I think all the online um, magazines and papers uh, need to charge because we want to help people stay employed. Journalists bring us news. I don't think they bring us fake news. I think that they bring us the news and I think it's up to us to decide whether or not it's fake, real, and we should fact check. So I want to talk about these two topics. First, I want to start with the president's comments about churches and reopening them. I am unabashedly a Christian. You all know that. Um, and I'm unashamed of that fact. I'm very uh, open with my faith. I talk about it. I've written about it, all of that. So no one wants to go back to church more than I do. But I want to be clear. I want you to do two things. In addition to wanting you to buy flags this weekend and put them out in honor of Memorial Day and those we lost, I want you to um, get a copy of the Constitution. You can get one for a dollar or two anywhere, Walmart, get it offline, Amazon, grocery stores, most places have them. And if you have kids, young kids, teenagers, sit down at the table, sit down out back when you're having your hot dogs or whatever, and read some of the Constitution. Particularly read the preamble to the Constitution that starts with we the people. And then I want you to read the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments. And I want you to understand that this nation is founded upon some core principles. And I want to talk about those. If you haven't read my book, Eplorbus One, Reclaiming Our Founders' Vision for a United America, you need to get a copy. Uh, it's great reading. It breaks down the founding principles. It's not partisan. It's not Democrat. It's not Republican. It is a book about the men and women who built this country from beginning to end. I picked like 45 of them throughout history. I could have picked 245 of them, but I picked 45 individuals uh, from both sides of the aisle, from both parties, from different parts of history, who contributed to this country fulfilling its promise to be a more perfect union. And I hope that you will uh, check out the book and get a copy of the Constitution, because let me be clear, our founding fathers had a vision. It started with e pluribus unum, out of many, one. That is our founding national motto. We are divided right now. We're angry. We're cursing at each other. We're waving guns at each other. We want to wear a mask. We don't want to wear a mask. We want to open up. We don't want to open up. We want to social distance. We don't want to social distance. 
one of the challenges of being a free nation and being a diverse nation is exactly this. We're going to argue. We're going to fight. We're going to disagree. We're not always going to get along. That's okay. But we need to learn to respect each other. We need to learn to respect those differences because the motto means out of the many, we become one. It doesn't mean out of the many, we always agree. It doesn't mean out of the many, we're always going to see eye to eye. It doesn't mean out of the many that uh, the white folks are better than the black folks or the Native Americans are better than the Latinos or the males are better than the females. That is not the vision of this country. It is not your country or my country. It's our country. As President Obama once said in one of the best lines ever in political speeches, this is not the red states of America or the blue states of America or the purple states of America. This is the United States of America. And that's what we need to hold on to on Memorial Day weekend. Um, let's get into this uh, first topic of whether or not the president of the United States of America can reopen the country. First of all and foremost, get your copy of the Constitution, read it for yourself. The executive is outlined in Article 2 of the Constitution. Article 1 is the Congress, it's the legislature. Number 2 is the executive, the president, and number 3 are the courts. Okay, I'm going to make this real simple. It's kind of like the Constitution for dummies, of which I'm certainly one. So let me break this down to you. Um, the president is vested with broad executive powers to oversee the federal government, not to do anything to tell the states what to do, that's why the states are independent. The 10th Amendment, those powers not expressly granted to the federal government are reserved to the states. The governors are like many presidents of their own states. Think of it like that. And so that's where the controversy lies. And I've said this many times before in this podcast when this virus started. President Trump, if he wanted to close down the country, could have done it. But he would have had to declare martial law. He would have had to suspend posse comitatus, meaning that allows the military to go out and to do domestic tasks, to send out the National Guard, to uh, basically take away and suspend our freedoms in a national emergency. He chose not to do that. It's an extreme move. Only Lincoln has ever done that in the history of this country during the Civil War and in Reconstruction. And it's not something any president should want to ever do. So for that, I give him credit. But the reality is the governors decide what happens in their states. The CDC is only an agency within the Department of HHS that can give you guidance. And it's guidance that we need. This is voluntary, folks. And so the governors, in concert with the pastors, will decide when it's safe to go back to church. I know for my church, I go to a big mega church. Uh, there's thousands of us. Our pastor has been on top of this. He's put out uh, a number of emails and said, we're not going back yet until we know we can get the building super duper clean and disinfected and trust that it's safe. And until we can come up with a way to bring people back and social distance and do what we need to do to keep you safe. So this notion of opening up the country is ridiculous. It was never shut down. It was only by the governors and the goodwill of we the people that we followed. We didn't have to, but we did because it was in the interest of ourselves, our grandparents, our kids, our parents. We were trying to do what was right. So I want you to be clear. Churches are not being discriminated against or mistreated. That's bogus. Churches are always essential. But folks, the church is inside of you. It's inside of me. It's, it's, it's not in a building. And I think that a lot of churches have discovered the Internet and how they can communicate. And they're going to do church differently. We don't have to be in the four walls. Yes, we want to be in the four walls. We want to get together. We want to hug each other. We want to cry. We want to fellowship. That's the beauty of church. But 
I think we've done a great job loving on each other and praying for each other and connecting and zooming and talking and doing all we do to praise the Lord and love the Lord, love each other during this time. I think it's helped us. I think it's pushed us. I help. I think it's made us better Christians, better servants. Uh, I know that we've served and helped with food banks because people need food right now. We're committed in this household to blessing with groceries every month. We're going to do a grocery drop because we're going to help people even as we ourselves have to be mindful of our own circumstance. But I just wanted you to understand that we're in a political season right now. We're electing a president. You're going to hear a lot of stuff. People are going to say a lot of untrue things, a lot of crazy things. Check for yourself. Read your constitution. Understand that the beauty of America is we don't have a king. We don't have an authoritarian dictator. We don't have a tyrant. We don't allow that here. We will jack anyone up who tries to do that here. Let me be clear. That's why we have the vote, the power of our vote. And so um, that's not true. No president can open or close America unless and until an extreme emergency like what Lincoln had to do in the Civil War, where the president has to shut the country down or in some emergency. Bush could have done it in 9-11. He didn't do it because we understand the serious nature of it. So the governors have a lot of power, but the pastors will ultimately decide once the governors say we're open for business when they can open up safely. Governors, no governor, whether he's a Democrat or a Republican or she, wants to shut down churches, folks. Come on, do better. Uh, almost the majority of this country, some 70 plus percent identify as Christian. We go to church, we worship, we serve. That includes our public officials, uh, the mosques, the temples, the same thing. We don't want to keep people from worship. We don't want to keep churches closed. Churches do great work. They help us. They bless us. They encourage us. Stop believing the hype and start checking the facts for yourself. Point number two, let's talk about this Joe Biden uh, gaffe uh, saying that you ain't black. Uh, Biden got himself in some trouble. Uh, if you know Joe Biden like I do and others do, he's been around for what, 40 years in public life now? Longer, actually. Uh, he is a walking uh, hug machine, gaff machine. He is a good man. People who don't even uh, support his politics or necessarily like him will all tell you that he's a decent, honorable, good man. I, I don't like the way I've watched him be smeared. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's been a disgrace. And I think that this moment where he was on a black radio show, uh, the breakfast club with Charlemagne to God. Uh, yes, that's his name. He's the host. I think I may have said that earlier. No, Charlemagne have been on Dr. Oz with him. Good person. But he was having a very candid dialogue about the black vote and whether or not black people owe the Democrat party their vote. Let me say unequivocally, we do not. Let me say unequivocally that black people have the right to vote for Donald Trump if they want. They have the right to be Republican if they want. I thought Wanda Sykes, the comedian, had a great quote that you not voting for Biden doesn't not make you black. It just maybe makes you not smart. And I want to unpack that a little bit. You should read my piece in the Daily Beast titled Joe Biden made Joe Biden apologized for a bad joke today. Trump is a bad man every day. Now, look, you know that I do not care for this president of the United States. I've been honest about that. And I know for some of my conservative and Republican listeners who may like him, that's probably tough for you, but it's okay. You're gonna be all right. Like I said, that's the beauty of America. To me, to any objective observer, this president's behavior before the election and since the election and into the last three and a half years has been appalling towards black and brown people. This is objective. Just look at the facts. Don't take my word for it. 
He picks on female journalists of color all the time. He's referred to women of color like his former aide Amarosa as a dog. Now, granted, he talks about all women badly like that, and it's disgusting and it shouldn't be allowed. He's called black athletes like Colin Kaepernick who kneeled during the national anthem. He didn't get a gun. He didn't storm a Capitol. He didn't spit in the face of police. He didn't beat anybody over the head with his signs. He did none of that. He peacefully kneeled during the anthem to protest the death of black men in this country at the hands of law enforcement. And you know what? He was called a son of a bitch by the president of the United States. Sons of bitches, he said. And I can go on and on about the squad, the, the, the four women of color who are Latino, Muslim, and African-American in Congress that Trump said weren't members of this country, needed to go back to their countries. He's called African countries shithole countries. I can go on and on. But to me, the most repugnant and the most offensive and odious is what happened in Charlottesville in 2017. And he said that Nazis... Nazis carrying torches, uh, talking about we won't be run out of our country and doing things that were disgusting. He called them very fine people. Folks, I'm an American. And one of the great things about America is we raise our voice when we see things that threaten our democracy, that threaten our republic, that threaten our peace. I'm not going to be silent. I'm not going to be polite and, and pretend that this is a president that I like. I don't. I'm not going to pretend that this is someone that uh, is a role model for our kids. He is not. You know better. All of you out there know better, particularly you Christians. You would never associate with someone that conducted himself in such a manner. The, the affairs, the porn stars, all those things. You wouldn't have any fellowship with someone like that. So I'm tired of the excuses and us overlooking these things. Uh, I think we have to judge with one standard. And so Vice President Biden, who was the vice president, by the way, to the nation's first black president, feels very comfortable with black people. Let's be honest. The black voters in South Carolina saved his campaign. The end. They saved his campaign. And if not for South Carolina, uh, Joe Biden uh, would not have gotten uh, this far and be the presumptive Democrat nominee. That's just a fact. And so I want to just say clearly uh, that, of course, African-Americans for vote can vote for who they want to. Biden has apologized. He's acknowledged he was being smart and being a wise guy and just mixing it up with Charlemagne, the God. And I'm glad that he apologized. I don't think it was necessary because I think that when we look objectively at the conduct of this president towards black and brown people, when we look at the death toll, when we look at the disproportionate health disparities, when we look at what's going on in real time with the unemployment now disproportionately for black and browns, as well as our white brothers and sisters, our country's not in a good place. So today, what I simply wanted to say to you was this, we are one America and we're gonna have to do a lot better in these next months and years as we try to go forward because it's going to take us a long time to dig out of 39 million unemployed Americans. 20.5 million jobs that it took a decade to create are gone in two months. 100,000 dead before this month is out. That number will again rise exponentially by the fall and then we have to worry about a second wave in October coming right before the election. This is serious stuff. Young people who have worked hard to go to college and go off to school probably won't be able to go this fall. Then parents have to consider whether or not they're going to lay out the $50,000, $60,000 a year for some online courses. It's a mess. It's difficult. People are hurting. People are dying. We need to come together. We can debate. We can disagree. We can have courageous conversations. But this 
pointing at each other, this attacking each other, this vilifying each other is wrecking our America. And that needs to end. Listen, I want you to have a good Memorial Day. I want you to honor the fallen. I want you to remember those fellow Americans who have been lost in this crisis. And I ask you to honor them. I ask you to be safe. Wear your mask when you go out to the grocery store. Wherever you go, wear your mask. I do. Not because I want to. I don't like it any more than anybody else. But I don't want to get other people sick. And I don't want to be sick. And a lot of people are running around asymptomatic. So let's be wise. Let's protect our elderly, our young. And let's be good Americans. Let's love each other. We'll get back open. We'll get back to normal at some point. We will get back to work. We will get back to the freedoms that we enjoy. But if you're dead, if granny's dead, if mom's dead, if dad's dead, if brother and sister are dead, what's the point? And I think that for me is the real takeaway from this. I want to live and I want to live fully and I want to live boldly and bravely. That's what I'm looking forward to when this is all said and done. God bless you and keep you. God bless the United States of America.